You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Okay, we are appearing to have some technical difficulties, and we'll get back to the program and back to Kate Ivy as soon as possible. You could be stressed about your work situation. Ain't nothing that a beer can fix. Ain't no pain it can't wash away. From the moment that it hits your I've said many times since my very first press conference, back when we were all still learning how to pronounce coronavirus, that when you've been elected governor, you've got to try to do the right thing, not necessarily the most popular thing. And there is such a fine balance, as we have discussed countless times, in factoring both the human health as well as economic health into the equation. And as I've said before, my administration and I have made our share of mistakes during this pandemic, but our goal has always been to make more good decisions than bad, hopefully leading to more positive results along the way. As for today's new order, this will include extending our statewide mask ordinance through August 31st. And while no one enjoys wearing a mask, I'd be the first to tell you that because of the help and support 
we've gotten from our friends in retail and business, I believe we are making progress in this arena. Y'all, we just must remain vigilant if we're going to get our kids back in school and keep our economy open. And wearing a mask can't hurt, but it sure can help. And more and more people are seeing this for what it is, a way to protect yourself as well as to protect the others that you work with, come in contact with, care about, and those you even love. And speaking of our schools, I want to encourage every superintendent, every principal, every teacher, and every parent who's listening, we don't have the luxury of not getting our young people back in school. While I respect those districts that have elected to go to virtual classrooms, I feel with all my heart that a slide will come by keeping our kids at home, especially if there are other options and that slide is likely to have a dramatic negative impact on Alabama's future, our young people. So here's a challenge to all of our school districts and each of our schools around the state. Nothing is set in concrete. And if the COVID-19 situation in your community or counties permits, you should be looking to phase back into in-person classroom participation, if at all possible. Now, while a majority of safer at home order will remain the same, <clears throat> there is one addition to this order that will impact those schools providing in-class instruction. They will now be required to wear a mask whenever practical from second grade through college. We know that with all responsibilities of being a teacher, that this can be an added burden to require that a mask be worn. But just as we are focused on creating a safe and healthy environment for our students, it's also important that we take care of our teachers as well. Other than our parents, one of the most important persons in a child's life is that teacher of that child. And many of our students and their families rely on school for more than just classroom activities. School is a safe place where many of our children get their healthiest meal of the day and where they are loved and encouraged as well as taught. As a former school teacher myself and as president of the state school board, I'm telling you we need to do everything we can to get our kids back in the classroom as soon as possible. As Dr. Harris makes his way up, way up to the microphone, let me again thank the people of Alabama for your understanding for your patience, for your support, and your willingness to help us get through these difficult days. Dr. Harris. Thank you very much, Governor. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for, for being here. Let me just uh, briefly give you an update uh, on uh, where we are in Alabama. Uh, as of this morning, we uh, are at 81,687 uh, confirmed cases so far. Uh, more than uh, 22,000 of those have uh, been confirmed just in the past uh, two weeks. Uh, we added um, about 1,345 uh, cases yesterday. I think there's a question as to whether we maybe are flattening out a little bit over the past three to four days, although I think it's a little early for us to to say that. Um, I would say overall, 145 uh, cases yesterday. I think there's a question as to whether we maybe are flattening out a little bit over the past three to four days, although I think it's a little early for us around that weekend. I would say overall our numbers are not yet uh, particularly encouraging. I think we are still uh, continuing to see um, fallout from, uh, from July 4th uh, holiday and from the, the transmission events that we, that we seem to have around that weekend. Um, we uh, unfortunately are at almost 1,500 deaths uh, here in our state. Actually 1,493 Alabamians have died from COVID-19 uh, since, uh, since this response began. Um, this, over the past few days, our hospitals have set several different times all-time highs in the numbers of confirmed inpatients. Um, a couple of days ago, they were right at uh, 1,600 inpatients, I think 1,599. Uh, two days ago, 1,598 yesterday, but basically uh, about 1,600 inpatients plus a few hundred other uh, confirmed cases.
is these numbers are as high as we've ever seen and that it's very consistent with what we saw around Memorial Day. We had a big uh, spikes in numbers of cases after Memorial Day, followed by hospital surges, and I think we have seen something very similar now uh, around the 4th of July. Uh, I will say we're at, at around 10,000 total hospitalizations since this response began uh, back in March. I fully support that. I'm very aware that many people don't like the idea of having to wear a face covering and, and certainly I don't either and I know people uh, don't like being told what to do and I, and I don't either um, but I do believe that it, it's the right thing to do. I, I know early on uh, we, we had mixed messages on that. I personally gave some of those because we were just trying to give the best evidence that we had at the time. Uh, but, but today there, there's no argument uh, about whether these are effective. Um, physicians and public health officials and medical researchers all have a consensus that this is the best tool that we have right now uh, for uh, preventing transmission of disease short of everyone uh, being locked in their house, uh, which, which we certainly uh, don't intend to see. So um, please uh, let, let me ask all Alabamians to, to continue to wear these. I've been so encouraged to see so many people who are wearing these and who are following uh, the rules that we, we would like for them to follow. Uh, as we begin to move towards school reopenings, it's going to be more important than ever that people be willing to wear face coverings if we want our schools to uh, minimize the number of cases they have and minimize outbreaks and the risk of closing again. Uh, we, we really need people to cooperate with continuing to wear uh, face coverings. Uh, it, it's really more important now than ever. Um, we still have uh, several months to go, uh, at least, I think, in this uh, outbreak, and we know we'll get through it uh, on the other side eventually, but we all need to work together and cooperate and, and pull together in order to do so. So uh, thank you very much, Governor Abbey. Right. The Governor Given the, uh, what, what Dr. Harris said about these numbers not being encouraging, did you consider additional business restrictions or business closings like April, and why did you, I guess, like, what, what was your thinking, like, at your decision on that front? The bottom line is we just simply do not need to close our businesses, if at all possible. We need to keep our people being able to earn a good livelihood, keep the economy going, because without a good uh, livelihood, you can't have much of a life. Uh, Jen? Um, this is for Dr. Harris. Is there um, a certain threshold that you're looking at that when hospitals reach a certain number, you said these are as high as we've seen them, what would encourage you to go to the governor and say we may need to put a few more protections in place because our hospitals are reaching their maximum point? Yeah, I, I would say I, I don't really have a hard number in mind to serve as a trigger, but it, it's a constellation of a lot of things. Um, the, the, the numbers going up is certainly uh, of concern, but also it, it really matters how hospitals are able to handle that. Uh, right now they are managing to handle that surge. Um, they have ways of, of creating that space internally. They certainly always have the ability to, to limit the elective things done in hospitals if they need to create space. We've talked to many, many of them about considering doing that. Um, we have uh, continued to work uh, with hospitals about the possibility of setting up alternate care sites as well, um, which would be sort of pop-up hospitals outside the usual hospital setting. We, we have uh, a group that we're working with through the Alabama National Guard that, that's going to assess sites on that uh, around the state in different locations. We've had some individual requests from um, communities about how they access federal funding to do that, and so we're in the process of doing that as well. So I, I think all those factors have to be considered you know, it's not just a single number, but a lot of different things. Yes, sir. We had a few sheriffs that say that they're not going to enforce these mass ordinances. Your comments on that, and what would you say to those law enforcement agencies that say that they're not going to force their residents to follow this? Well, the purpose of the mass mandate was not to penalize people, but to inform them of the urgency and the importance uh, that wearing a face mask can help provide as we slow down this pandemic. <clears throat> so we're not worried about um, that and there's a, a police chief down in Spanish Ford I believe that's using this as an opportunity to, to inform people and anybody who needs a mask he gives them so uh, it's a cooperative arrangement. All right, we've got time for a <coughs> Go ahead. 
Uh, Governor, you said you would like to see students back in the classroom as soon as possible. Some teachers are expressing concerns about their possible safety because adults are typically more at risk than students. What would you say to those teachers? Well, everything's got to be done at the local level, decisions made in that regard. Certainly, we want our teachers to be safe, as we do our workers at the schools and much less our students. So it's a work in progress, and we've just got to use good common sense. And uh, for those schools that are uh, going virtual, say, for the first nine weeks, my message to them <coughs> is to do all you can, and if things begin to improve a little bit, begin to phase back in other students and open up some of your uh, attendance in, in, in the classroom in school. Yes, sir. This is a question for Dr. Harris. Um, regarding health inspections for schools, uh, we had a report yesterday that the, the health, health department had said that in some cases, those schools had not been inspected because of, out of fear of perhaps spreading the virus. As we get schools ready at the beginning or end of August to, to reopen, can you guarantee that those inspections will take place? And if not, can you guarantee that those schools are safe from a health perspective? Yeah, yeah, they will take place, absolutely. Uh, we, we, uh, the facilities have to be safe for kids to come back to school. Um, we actually are in the process of releasing a, a toolkit for uh, not just reopening the physical building, but, but how to bring kids safely back to school. We've been developing in conjunction. Sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high in the upper 80s at 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! his 67th birthday today, born on this day in 1953. No more rush. Neil Peart sadly passed away here in the last couple of years, the iconic drummer for the Canadian rock trio. So I'm not sure we're going to see any more rush anytime soon. Alex Lyson can wear out that guitar though. Alex Lyson to me, one of the more underrated uh, axemen in rock and roll history. Really, really good. We're going to check in with Cecil Hurt, the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. I think we've had the Rush discussion in the past, Cecil. Beyond wishing Getty a happy 67th, do you have anything to add to the Rush uh, sort of history there in rock and roll? Cecil. We're struggling with Cecil, I guess. Let's try them again. Let's dial it up real quick and try it again. Sounds like we got the old disconnect tone. Um, I can work a wrap around here that could perhaps help uh, work around here uh, with with what we're doing. One, just give me one second, maybe on that. Let's see here. Let's see if we can uh, we can join Cecil now. Do we have Cecil Hurt? Lafferty. Hey, Cecil, you there? 
What's up? I'm here. I ain't gone anywhere. <laughs> you know, Cecil, to, never something to, like trying to navigate your phone. <laughs> we're uh, we're doing the best we can. Is all I'm going to say. I'm just going to blame it on COVID, like everything else. You know, story of 2020. Exactly. You know, I had someone you know, talk about a a scenario for trying to maintain the bubble for college football, and you know, I had a, I had a yeah, I had an offering on that, and. I was met with a retort about, well, you've got compliance issues you'd have to consider, and really well, well thought out, well worded, well written response to my to my offering, and my wordy retort was simply 2020. That's how I responded to all that, you know, because that's I saw that. I, I don't think logistic. I don't see how that could work logistically. What's that? Would be great have, having the college teams go to a single site and. No, I was actually, this one was actually serious in that, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I I don't know right now, if you're talking about trying to maintain a bubble of any semblance where these student athletes uh, are in classrooms in the fall. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's a hard and fast requisite, Cecil, but to me, the only chance you really have to, to sustain this thing is remote learning. For all your student athletes, is is that possible? Oh yeah, you can't you can't sit them in a classroom. I, I don't oh. know what the the basis of, of those decisions necessarily is. I don't know this. I, I I'm going to be non political and just say I don't understand. So maybe that's just a maybe that's just a reflection of my understanding. Uh, this tremendous rush to get kids back in high school, college, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's why Tuscaloosa City schools with high school football have a chance anyway, because the first nine weeks is going to be remote learning. You're not, you know, you're not going to have the kids in the classrooms. And I would think at the college level, you know, that's kind of what you're going to have to do if you're going to try to have some type of of season. Uh, it just doesn't seem possible. You start uh, putting kids together from all different places and uh and right. seen, uh, all coming in here in the august first september um you, you know you're very 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 give, given the the level of, of precautions that particular nah, i shouldn't single out young people but um there's going to be a spike That's, that that seems logical and you're you're going to have positive cases, and so uh, that's that's why I guess sort of the segue. I don't think the SEC is going to make an announcement today, but um, the Pac-12 certainly is not start starting up Labor Day weekend. Now the Big Twelve, man, they're scheduling week zero games. They, they don't yeah, they're playing. They're they're rolling. I haven't seen anybody in the SEC opt for that yet. I think there's a Thursday night game on the third, um, but that, that was previously scheduled that way. Um, but that, that, as much as anything, is why um, I would prefer, and let me run down the list of people who, matter who call and ask me what I prefer, it's zero. But I would prefer uh, to give it a couple of weeks. I want to play. It's not negativity about college football. I've I've reached my limit of hearing about that. Um, I I want teams to play, but I, I just don't see the harm in starting the season on the 19th or the 26th, if that can't accommodate your championship game on the date that it's scheduled in Atlanta, then either see if Atlanta can take another date or play it on campus. You know, best record if two teams are tied for the best record, flip a coin. Everything, it seems, still in play as we were kind of anticipating this week being sort of a line of demarcation and some hard and fast decisions being made, but I know there was 
talk yesterday of the ACC, similar to what you uh, alluded to with the SEC, kind of saying, look, we're still not ready to present a, a format, really. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't think, uh, and I've heard people discuss, well, how can I have more data next week than the, the, the data next week? It, it may be marginally better or marginally worse. That's not the issue. The issue is getting 14 presidents to agree. Um, at 14 different institutions with 14 different um, outlooks, or, or even if it's three or four different outlooks. And again, the, the, the situation in Alabama or at Texas A&M is different than the situation at Kentucky or at Vanderbilt. And, um, you know, it, it's... It, it's not easy, I don't think, to get unanimity. I don't think that would be possible. But I think that they're really striving for consensus and trying to find the areas in which they can agree and go from there. I still think they'll play because, as I've said over and over and over, there's so much money on the table. But, um, you know, that's... Those economics are different at Alabama than they are at Vanderbilt. So, um, and, and you've got to get both presidents or chancellors to to agree on what they're going to do. And so, I think that that requires compromise on both sides. We've we've seen and, and heard reports of. You know, perhaps even at the Power Five level, some presidents and chancellors wanting to hear maybe from the Board of Governors with the NCAA in relation to ball championships uh, being perhaps canceled. Uh, we know that that doesn't necessarily go hand-in-hand with the college football playoff, but you know, in similar fashion, I know Nicole Arbach of The Athletic yesterday tweeted that she's talked to some Power Five ADs that want to see how things go with the NFL and sort of its startup here. Um, I, I know there's obviously a, a legitimate level of care and concern involved here, but I'm guessing the optics when you talk about presidents and chancellors, is, is that how, how big of a part of this is that too? It's a big part. And I took Nicole's tweet and Nicole's an outstanding reporter. Let's, let's understand that's not what I'm saying, but I interpreted her tweet as saying that there are a lot of P5 administrators out there who kind of are getting the feedback or have the have the idea that they um, they kind of rather not play, but maybe if the NFL gets it going and and um, but but it's two totally separate things. Nobody is putting an NFL team on a campus with 30,000 kids and tell them to go walk to class every day. Nobody's doing that. So there could be certain successes or certain, you, you can always wait on whoever you want to wait on. Let's see what the Ivy League's going to do. And then let's see what Major League Baseball's going to do. And let's see what the NFL's going to do. And let's see what the NCAA is going to do uh, on things other than football. But sooner or later, and, and it's sooner, uh, clock's going to strike midnight, man. I mean, it's going to strike midnight. And somebody's got to make a decision. And that's what I, I think people are people are waiting on. And that's not as, you know, I think that it's hard. You know, that's not saying Greg Byrne, make a decision. Greg Byrne's got to have 13 other people in a league and perhaps, 40 other people over three leagues to agree that what he thinks is, is workable. And he may have to, you know, Alabama may have to give and take and everybody may have to give and take. But again, what, what nobody's done yet, what, what nobody's stepped up in the SEC and said is we're walking away and we can take the financial hit. What did you take? I know you wrote about this earlier today. You've been on top of this for the last several days. Greg Burns' message to 
Alabama athletic supporters earlier today in terms of uh, what looks like it could be coming down the pike here in relation to capacity uh, and yeah, it's, uh, potential. Yeah, sounds like sounds like you know people have thrown fifty percent around. I think that's off the table. I think that's. Um, I think if you got twenty five percent, that would be um, a huge. Financially speaking, not not um, epidemic wise, but financially, uh, that would be about as much revenue as you could count on for that. And and they they did want it. I, I think they've gotten, as I have, as I'm sure you have. They it, around here, there are a lot of season ticket holders and a lot of people who want to know, you know, and they're getting antsy, and it's getting to be. August, they got to make some checkbook decisions, you know. So, so we'll see what happens. All of that is fluid. Um, you know, what if there's a, what if they go to eight? How do they go to ten conference games? I don't think that's what will happen, but it's certainly not impossible. Um, yeah, and and what about refunds? How many and, and how how much of a how much of if there is an Alabama Georgia ticket at a fifteen percent capacity, you know where at, at which fifteen thousand I'm throwing out a round number fifteen thousand of those tickets are available. What's that ticket worth? Ticket man, it'll be something else. Well, how much how much of it you gonna let him have? You know because it's yeah. so written in stone. That that um, you gotta let him have it all, so, because I think that that could be variable. If you get to buy tickets, this is what these tickets might cost. Ticket man figures that out. You know that though, Cecil. Ticket man. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Whatever it is, he's gonna put the mark up. <laughs> I get that. Um, uh-huh. You know, and and so there's there's so many decisions. How are you going to say there's there can only be ten thousand people? Fifteen thousand. I've used fifteen thousand, so I'll stick with fifteen thousand in the stadium. But we're going to open the quad wide open for every Alabama and Georgia fan that wants to roll in. How are you going to do that? You know, you hadn't solved anything much by doing that. So yeah, there's still a lot to be decided until. The SEC, and, and maybe they'll shock everybody. Maybe they'll, Greg Sankey will send a release this afternoon that does not say we had, um, we had informative discussions and look forward to con- continuing those. Um, you know, maybe he'll say, okay, we're on an eight plus one. Everybody get ready. But I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I think that there's still issues out there. I see where the Big 12 is going to go ahead with the virtual media days on Monday. You're right. And that's a full day. just rocking and rolling. That's a full day, isn't it? <laughs> coaches only. Ten, coaches only. Ten coaches. Yeah, ten coaches in the day. No way to do players. And, and it's personally, I, I think it's uh, – I want access to as many people as I can and, and ask as many questions as I can. But the players can't answer the questions that would come up. You know, and so they they would be asked about nothing but COVID and coronavirus, and there would be a, a probably a different different people asking questions would have different agendas. Let me put it that way. Um, so I understand this. I, I'm in favor of having access to all 100 football players at Alabama, but. Um, Sometimes you think it's unreasonable that you don't, and sometimes you understand what the university side of that is. And in this case, talking about the Big 12 schools, I understand why you wouldn't put players on those teleconferences at this point. Uh, can you imagine? I'll tell you what now. If you put Chubba Hubbard on there, you'd have an interesting bull session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chubba's connected and might not. think he'd get some attention. think he'd have some national... I think he'd have some nationals logged onto that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gundy's, mm-hmm. Gundy's going to be pretty interesting as it is. 
Um, yeah, you, you wonder what kind of which T-shirt Gundy will wear, you know, for that, right? Ooh. Man, I don't know, and I'm not again. I'm not going to talk it. But uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it will. It definitely will. Uh, some good news for Tua Tonga Vailoa. Not unexpected. It looks like Cecil looks like Tua is ready to go for the start of camp. Yeah, he said he would be, and. Uh, that's an amazing recovery, frankly, from that injury. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. A- anything less than a year. And um, so hopefully he's safe. Miami is a, another hot spot, although I get the sense from the more I read about it that um, some of the Marlins were not being model citizens. Yeah, and that it's not just the the locale. So if two is smart and the Dolphins are smart and, and they keep isolation and keep um, observing precautions, maybe they can get through. You know, you, there comes a point, and this is true in Tuscaloosa too, where you're at the mercy of the general population. And those are, you know, I saw where Governor Ivy extended the mask order. Um, I'm 100% in favor of masks. I wear a mask, but we're gonna have we're gonna have these people who, who I can't wear a mask. I can't breathe. It makes me uncomfortable. Hey, here's what these people need to do: if you can't wear a mask, if it makes it where you can't breathe, wear it, put it on, and then when you start crying about it, use it to wipe your eyes and then put it back on. That's what you need to do. I'm with you on the mask. I look. You know, I don't hurt nothing. A lot, you know, a lot of right, a lot of stuff. I, I still can't sit here and tell you. I I know much more about it than I did four months ago. Yeah. But anything that can uh, help, you know, the people around me, myself, the uh, the situation we're in in general, I just can't see where it's it's that big of an ask. You know, I yeah. I, I recently traveled. I recently traveled by air, and you know, it's amazing to me that. We were asked on the flight to wear masks, which we did. But you got people at the gate that are grumbling about the mask who just went through a screening that had them take their shoes off, their belt off, put everything in. You know. Uh, yeah. What about that? What about your screen? What about your your shoe freedom? Yeah. You know exactly. And again, you know, look, not not going to get political. Do what you want, but here's my we we use movie quotes a lot, and my attitude about a mask is like Belushi said in Animal House. Want a beer? Don't cost nothing. You know, it doesn't hurt anything to wear a mask. Might help. Might help oh, a beer, gosh. as Belushi said. So I, I, I'm going to leave it at that, but I'm just saying, um, you know, people still need to do... Uh, I, I worry that if the SEC comes out today and says, all right, we're having football, that there's a segment of the population that's going to say, great, that means I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, and that's not the point. That's not the purpose. Yeah, there, there, there may be something to that too, in elongating this process. You know, not and I, and I know some of your listeners the general public and that's let fine. it hard down. Yeah, I, I know some of your listeners disagree, and that's fine. But divergence of opinion makes this country great, but yeah. that's my opinion. Well, the the benefit of being pretty much apolitical like I am is that I don't put as much thought into it in situations like this, you know, and I don't spend right. much time on news networks to kind of have it pounded into my head what they think is happening to me. Right. So I just kind of go with it, you know. I think it's uh, it's one of those things well, where I, I feel like I benefit in times like this. I think, unfortunately, uh, and this is not a media rant, but I think at some point, every little thing is not political. You know, every water doesn't have to be parsed and deconstructed yeah. and analyzed. You know, there there are big things out there, and you say your piece and and you move on. And I think that's important. I think it's important to be involved in your community. But at the same time, just to have to fight it out and slug it out on every little thing, and it's going to be a big slug that no matter what the SEC decides to be to do about football, 
there are going to be people on one side of it, and there are going to be people who are saying, this is terrible, how can they do this? This is a mistake, whether they play or whether they don't play. There's going to be people on the opposite side of that decision. And you can you can get fired up about it, you can respond to them, or you can say, this is 2020, and this is the situation that we're in. These are the games that are going to be played, or these are the games that are not going to be played, or we're not going to play. Um, but but hashing it out endlessly isn't going to isn't going to change 2020. Not. So. Yeah, you know, I picked oh. Raisin Bran over cornflakes this morning, Cecil, and I didn't check with CNN or Fox News to see how I should have felt about that. No, I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't check with those folks, so I'm not sure, but I, I did. I didn't make it political. Well, like, uh, Mike Sunday will be on the Big 12 teleconference, <laughs> and you can ask him, do you prefer uh, dried fruit in your cereal or not? And what does it mean? What does it mean? I like that. What are these? What, what are these raisins? Yeah, what are these raisins that's mean? That's what we do. Actually, less less miles. He might have an answer for you. Oh, well, less would less would go there <laughs> in, a, in a very unique. Go down and he'd go down the raisin trail, no question. One of a kind, sort of uh, way of doing things like Les uh, has. But yeah, getting back to Tua, you know, I, I I'm I'm. I'm I'm more concerned at this point about how they can protect him with uh, the youth they're going to have on that offensive line, including perhaps at left tackle. Uh, so with that, I'm almost hopeful that we see a good bit of Fitz magic early in the season yeah, I, in South Florida. I, I'm really interested over the course of it, and, and there's still time to see how it all shakes out. But, but you know, I hadn't had time to assimilate other than the Alabama players who've opted out this year. But, you know, there's some there's some big names and there's some big-time offensive linemen that are opting out of 2020. And it's whatever predictions you might have had for the NFL a month ago, they're all going to have to be revised. You know, what, what are the Patriots now? And, and people focus on the Patriots, obviously, like they do Alabama. What are the Patriots now versus what they looked like six months ago? Going to see a lot of Anthony Jennings, aren't we, in New England this season? With all those, that'd be good. That'd be fun. There'll be opportunity for guys like Anthony. They sure will. They sure will. So, um, again, it's unique, and and I think that there are a lot of reporters out there who are doing a great job, and they're doing it because they love it, and. Um, but I'm interested in it. It's, it's nice. I, I'm going to be 100% honest. It's been nice to come home Sunday night, flip on and watch the Braves, you know, and, and have a game, an actual game, guys throwing at each other last night. And, you know, it, it's that psychologically, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think we all Absolutely. Mental. need that. Just mentally, just just to have it there and to have it to discuss and to have it be a part. Of that. So I think, I don't know what's going to end up happening with baseball or it's Marlins thing, but just on the absolute baseline level. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to have it. And would be very, very glad to have college football and college basketball. Speaking of which NBA combine invitees were revealed here in the last day. Yeah. Cecil. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't heard back from John on whether he's going to take his invitation. He's got John's got till August third, which you know we're there. He's got three or four days to make a decision. Obviously, if he's going to participate in the combine, then he's not going to come back. Um, if he if he doesn't feel like he can combine himself into a top forty, top fifty pick into the draft, uh, then he will come back. So. Um, there's a temptation to the combine. And you know this is true in football, too. The guys think, oh, yeah, everybody says this or everybody says but I'm going to show them. You know, I'm going to get to that combine and I'm going to show them. Because there are, there are in, particularly in football in Indianapolis, there is one or two guys. There are one or two guys, pardon my grammar. There are one or two guys every year who are combine warriors and move themselves up the board. Uh, but a lot of guys stay where they were 
you know, they are who, who you thought they were. But everybody's convinced they're going to be that guy. You know, everybody's convinced, or, or a lot of people, are convinced that they're going to be that guy that blows the combine away. They're going to outrun rubs, you know, and, and get into the first round. doesn't usually happen that way, but um, it can happen. Well, they, don't, so, so. they don't even know if they're going to have this combine. And if they do, it, it might be right. virtual. I mean, so what's the real value of the NBA combine this year? I agree. I agree. I agree. It just it just carries that cachet, that word combine. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, and, and if you are a Anthony Edwards, why would you go? You know, um, guy that's a lottery pick. Yeah, no real benefit. Why? Why would you go? Don't want to yeah. hurt yourself. So, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, we'll see. John. We'll know on we'll know on John by the weekend. So. Yeah, I mean Monday's the deadline. You said it. Uh, yeah, and, there, sure. yeah, and even if it weren't, I think we're we're almost at a point where Nate Oates and and the other players on the team just need to know they'd welcome John back. That's not you know he's a talented player. Um, he's given three years to Alabama. I have nothing but good things to say about John. But you got to move forward at some point. You know you you got to. Mm-hmm decide what you're going to be and, and who's going to play and so forth. And so the, I think we're, you know, you're not up against the wall in terms of timing. You've got two months, but you need to know, you know, the, these guys are going to go through practices and workouts and uh, they need to know if this guy's going to be with them or not. Absolutely. Cecil, as always, we appreciate the time, my man. Thanks for working through it. Sure. This. Glad to do it. No problem. We look forward to it. Thanks a lot, uh-huh. Cecil. Sure. Here we go. Cecil Hurt, sports editor and columnist of the Tuscaloosa News. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday. The show brought to you in part by Houston Hydra Steam. Houston Hydra Steam. You want to take care of those carpets, those rugs, that upholstery, the tile and grout, everything in your home, wall to wall. You can do that with Houston Hydra Steam at 205. 205- Five five three nine four six zero. You want to maximize the value of your flooring, of your furniture, your draperies, your window treatments, all those things. They can take care of you. You're going to have a greater shelf life of all those things. You're going to save money in the process with Houston Hydrosteam. 205-553-9460. Houston Hydrosteam. Quality work you can stand on. Back with more. Southern Fried Sports right after this. Yeah. The Town Square Media News Center, Governor Kay Ivey, in a press conference this morning, announced that her Safer at Home order is being extended another month and adding a new update. The addition to the order is that masks are required in schools and colleges where possible for employees and students in second grade and above. Previously, that decision was set to be made by individual schools. The governor amended the Safer at Home order to include masks required in public when interacting with six feet with people of another household, subject to certain exceptions. According to the governor, this week Alabama had seen a good trend in numbers of coronavirus cases. The Alabama Department of Health has reported less than 1,800 cases each day since July 24th. This is the first time the state has had such a streak since July the 11th. From the Town Square Media News Center, I'm Gavin Ray. Sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, another mostly cloudy day. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high in the upper 80s at 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back to put a rock on the edition of Southern Fried Sports right here 
on Tide 100.9 FM. We do have some potentially good news. That NBA bubble down in Disney World seems to be working pretty well. Uh, zero positive tests from the whole crew down there. 22 teams, everyone down there. Zero positive tests from the NBA bubble in this last round of testing. It looks like the Philadelphia Phillies, at least for the time being, have come out of that opening series with the highly infected Miami Marlins in pretty good shape. Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting the Phillies zero positive tests after that after that three game meeting, three game set with the uh, with the Miami Marlins. So uh, there you go. Perhaps some some good stuff coming out of all this here, both within the bubble and of course we know baseball not quite as bubbled as is professional hoops. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of the program. As always, we appreciate Cecil Hurt joining us here on the program. Joe Gaither and crew doing an outstanding job of producing the program. Once again, the lunch whistle on this Wednesday. We talk about it being National Chicken Wing Day. I would think if you want some smoked chicken wings, some chicken wings from Southern Ale House, you'd be able to get that today. Great, great smoked wings when they do them. Be sure to check the specials board if you're by Southern Ale House today. They may have some up there for you. Had their Kraft Burgers on Tuesday. Those are always a hit. I saw a Krispy Kreme burger in that lineup yesterday at Southern Ale House. Getting creative over there, Brett and the crew. Good stuff. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. <laughs>